Hello, this is Brian Croft. I'm the senior pastor of Auburndale Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm also the founder of Practical Shepherding. A few years ago, I started a blog about the daily work of a pastor, and that blog has grown into the various ministries of Practical Shepherding. We want to come alongside pastors who are laboring in the trenches of pastoral ministry to encourage and to equip them. And that's why we started this podcast, Trench Talk. So we hope this podcast encourages you and your church as we continue our conversation about the pastor's work. To find out more about Practical Shepherding, visit our website at practicalshepherding.com or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is Paul's words to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. I'm your host, Josh Sher. Welcome to Trench Talk. I'm sitting here with Brian Croft. And today we're going to talk about pastors and weaknesses. Uh, and this is something that Brian has written about a little bit. And I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough, uh, but is very important. And I hope that will be shown as we, as we move along in our conversation. I want to begin, Brian, by just asking you, what, what does it mean for a pastor to be weak. You've written about this in a couple different places about pastors owning their weaknesses. What does it mean for a pastor to be weak? Well, it's in the in regard to the just the the core of walking with Jesus, it's about acknowledging your need for Jesus, that it's acknowledging our own humanity in a way that we're human, we're broken, we're sinful, we're needy, and that we need Jesus just as much as everybody else. And the reason this is such a hot topic for pastors is because it's counterintuitive to what the church in many ways wants us to be, or, or the expectation that's put there. So pastors feel the pressure of having to be Superman, and not weak, but strong, and so they can be strong for their people. The problem is, I think deep down, our people want us to be weak with them. Because we are. And the so the way that we as pastors embrace our weakness is to be really honest and transparent about those weaknesses with our people and to our people. But what generally happens is pastors are, it doesn't feel safe for them to do that in their church. And so they don't reveal that. And what ended up happening is church members look at their pastor and go, well, he, he doesn't understand how I struggle like this. When every pastor struggles just as much. It's about whether they will acknowledge it and, and admit that they are weak just like everybody else. And that's what Paul is, Paul is writing there in 2 Corinthians 12. And a, a lot of this is linked to my own personal journey because so often... For many years, I, I didn't want to acknowledge weakness because it was too painful, because it was connected to many other things in my life. And so my coping mechanism to deal with my the pain in my life was to try to not be weak. 
and to try to not acknowledge that. But Second Corinthians twelve tells me that I, I did not I translated that passage for most of my life wrongly. I would have in, in translated that as God will make, make me strong in Christ despite my weaknesses. But that's a wrong way to translate that passage, in my opinion. It is saying that in our weakness, Christ becomes strong. It's the feeding off the weakness and the brokenness in our life that then Christ, the strength of Christ in us rises up. That is a that is a paradigm shift for me, was for me. And I want that shift to take place in other pastors because there are massive implications for how we pastor if we make that shift. Can you share an example from your own life of an area of weakness that you had to, to own up to and take to Christ and how that affected your ministry? Yeah, well, I'm trying to think of, there are many. One area of weakness that I that I had is, is battling a lot of feelings of worthlessness. And so trying to find my worth in, one, not being weak, and trying to find my worth in my ministry and the things that I do, and what that really was trying, all that was doing was just covering up this sense of worthlessness that I was constantly feeling that was connected to some really horrible things that I went through growing up and and that have been a part of my life at different times. And I had not allowed the gospel to permeate, God's grace to permeate in those places in my soul. And so my, my coping mechanism was to, to try to cover it up with, uh, with this superficial strength that I really didn't believe but I would portray that in front with people and in front of people. So the way that you try to come off as strong is one: you you don't connect to your emotions, you don't let people see you that you're that you fear and that you uh, that you're sad and that you struggle. Um, and this was all the coping mechanism uh, was all underneath that I just felt this this general uh, worthlessness, and I had to come to grips with the fact that that was the reality. And that I had to find my identity in Christ, not in the things I do, not in what people thought of me, and not in, in those kind of things. And and so embracing that as just who I am, it was a matter of just, when you embrace your weakness, the weaknesses are already there. It's not like you got to create them. The weaknesses are already there. We have to then see them, know that Jesus loves and accepts us in them, and he already knows them, and we embrace them as who we are. And in embracing of that weakness, it was amazing. There was a freedom that just came with that, knowing that that Jesus still loves me the same in them, and it it took the power away from feeling like I had to do things to earn approval and had to do things to be worth to be valuable. And Jesus makes all that possible. And when you embrace your weakness, the strength of Christ rises up in that. Um, and yeah, so there's all kinds of examples. I'm trying to I'm trying to give an example that's something that was really just rooted deep in my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, this showed up as a, I, this showed up as perfectionism in my life. It showed up as me being a control freak. You know, all those are all those are ways of me trying to falsely live to try to cover up what's deep down going on. And I had to had to face that that weakness, that broken part of me. And when I did, the strength of Christ just rose up. How has that? changed your ministry and how you shepherd people 
Yeah, it's well, it's it's changed in a lot of ways. I was I was tempted to say it radically changed, but I think what radically changed is what happens to me when I get to do the ministry. So I've always done the work, you know, and to the best of my ability, feel like I've been faithful in, in doing that. But what embracing your weakness does and who you are is you're less motivated by what, what somebody thinks of you in this moment. And you're less motivated by this person making you feel valuable. Um, so you're able to just kind of let go of a lot of those things. You're able to connect to your heart more. So I'd say that's one of the biggest things for me. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of always been known as, as an extrovert, friendly, warm person. I mean, it's, it's you know, and, and that, that part of my personality has always been there. And that helps you as a pastor. But I think what what has changed a lot for me is, especially in a one-on-one counseling situation, I'm able to be compassionate and empathize with somebody in a way that I, I could not before. And I think that shows up when I allow myself to to show more emotion in the pulpit when I preach and show yeah. more emotion when I talk to somebody in counseling. They feel a connection with me in a way that I don't think was there. Another thing that changed is I stopped trying to fix everything mm-hmm. because that's just what I'm supposed to do. When you... When you realize, though, that all you need to do is just connect and empathize and, and and be compassionate with somebody, and you realize that connection, one, it's what they need, and two, that's maybe all they need, and that's enough, then you're freed to feel like, oh, i got to fix this. You don't have to fix it. you just got to be present with people. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of things that changed in my ministry that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I I think some people would notice it more than others, mm-hmm. um, but but the radical change has really taken place in my heart. Yeah. I would just say as a fellow pastor serving with you over these last several years, I have seen that kind of engagement with your emotions publicly and privately, but even when you're preaching, being willing to to connect in a way that is that is noticeable, you're not a you're not afraid to show that emotion in your preaching. But it also shows up in another way of of just kind of acknowledging um, you know, um imperfections of, of leadership and pastoring and just kind of owning that and saying, yeah, we didn't do that as well as we could have. Um, or this is showing up because I need to, I need to lead better in this area. Um, and you don't need to fake it and you don't need to pretend like you're perfect or blame it on anybody else. Um, there's just kind of a openness that, yeah, I need Jesus too. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Uh, cause we all need Jesus. That's right. So. Yeah. One example that I can remember there were for years, my wife would, um, well, I I didn't like I didn't like to cry when I preached, and I'm not sure I was fully aware of why. But my wife, the few times actually happened, just because I couldn't couldn't fight it. You know, she would make comments to me like, "That really was helpful to see you connecting emotionally like that." And I remember hating to hear that, and and I didn't know why at the time. I certainly know why now. And I I didn't like to look weak. Like weakness wasn't okay. And I and I grew up in a similar way m- many men do in that you don't show weakness, you don't show emotion, you you just stand your ground, you're unshakable, and and you're just this rock that's there. the The problem is is that's not a way to live because you're you you aren't connected to your heart, and you really can't love people in your life without being able to connect to your heart. But I wasn't okay with weakness, and that's why Second Corinthians twelve is such an important verse for pastors to get. And that embrace your weakness as a pastor allows you to just openly be weak in front of them. And it's okay. And once I became okay with that, 
that was the wall that had to come down. And so I, I don't fight back tears anymore when I preach. If they're there, they're there. And it's amazing how much people connect with you in those moments. Now, you could, you know, again, it's part of my, my background, but I used to be around pastors that would manipulate through making themselves cry when they really, you know, they're just from an acting standpoint. I mean, I, I've got some just scars of, of like that that didn't help either. But it's so I'm not talking about, I'm not advocating just fake emotion. What I am advocating for is that pastors embrace their weakness and it'll allow it to just come out naturally and their people will connect with them because they their their people know they know they're weak too. Yeah. I can think through times in my life where um I've been confronted with my weaknesses and the kind of fear that it puts in me. Yeah. I remember um a conversation I was having with another pastor about my weaknesses and uh at some point in the conversation he just looked at me and he said, "Are you even qualified for the ministry?" Mm-hmm. And at that point in my life I've been pursuing pastoral ministry for years and I was just dumbfounded i was like oh no like am i qualified for the ministry like this is huge um and that can make me think about my weaknesses and finding you know my sufficiency in christ what are some reasons and i know it's going to be different for each each pastor but what are some reasons that pastors are afraid to talk about their weaknesses or to embrace their weaknesses yeah it's a great question because there is legitimate reason to fear in some ways because there is this this really high standard that is put on pastors. And so that's why the church in general doesn't feel safe place for a pastor to show his weakness. So I would say that it is important as a pastor to discern what you are, what is going to be helpful to share in your weakness and what isn't. So, um, you know, we did a podcast recently that was that we got a lot of tr- a lot of traction with in regard to pastoral friendship. So if you didn't listen to that podcast, you should go back and listen to that because that is that is a conversation with myself and one of my dearest friends who's a pastor, and we meet together and I'm able to I'm able to lay all my weakness on the table with him, and I know he loves and accepts me in that place in a way that not every churchman is going to do in your church. So you need to be. You need to be careful about what you share, but it's not an all or nothing. So I would encourage pastors to say, okay, um, there are certain things, there are certain um, sins that are more taboo than others. And so there are ways to embrace your weakness, to share about your weaknesses, and without, they say, sharing something that may get you fired. And that's just the reality. And that's why pastors won't share a lot of things. They're afraid for their job. They're afraid for their for their ministry. So, you know, if, if a pastor is having, if he's, if he's got a woman in his congregation that he is attracted to, well, he probably doesn't need to give that as a sermon illustration, but he definitely needs to tell that close friend of his and that pastor, maybe that other elder, uh, another pastor in his church that he trusts and he can open up with and he, and embrace his weakness with. So, so that's a good, that's an example. There are certain things you, you don't want to stand up and share in the pulpit. Um, uh, Per se, because it, because it just it's not a safe place to do that. Mm-hmm. But there is plenty you can share in the pulpit, and I, I've just learned that um, anytime there's something an application I'm trying to give to our church now, and and I connect it to myself, and I and I see you know I'm not good at this either actually. I, and Josh knows this, and I do this a lot more now. I'll I'll put myself out there and go, you know, I, I actually stink at this, and here's why. And that's me owning my weakness. That's me owning I'm not perfect. And it's amazing how much people connect with that when they realize 
you first volunteered. That's why, you know, I heard years ago, C.J. Mahaney gave some wonderful counsel in that. Tell incriminating stories about yourself in your sermons. Like, stop using yourself as the example to follow in this way. You know, I did it this way, and I did it so well. Then you should turn around and do it this way. So try to stay away from using sermon illustrations that talk good about yourself. And use sermon illustrations that show, you know, I, I struggle with this too. And so I'm talking to you just as much as I'm talking to myself. That That's a good, helpful way to start to embrace your weakness in a way that's not going to threaten your job. And it's a way that's even not going to you know, make people judge you. Maybe they will. I don't know. But that's a good place to start. Uh, you have written this in your reflection of your 20 years of ministry. You said, I have learned that a pastor who will own his brokenness, weakness, and neediness for Jesus in an honest and authentic way before his congregation is valuable and serves a church faithfully. Somebody's listening to this and they have never thought much about their weaknesses or they try to push it away and not think about it on purpose. (laughs) What would be some of those first steps that you would encourage them to take personally before they take it public? Uh, Personally, just to deal with their own weaknesses before Christ and and then what would you encourage them to do in their ministry as a pastor to embrace their weakness to be an effective pastor in the way you've described here? The first thing I would say is to do some soul work to figure out how connected to their heart they are. So I think a lot of men think that they love but they're very closed off emotionally. And so uh, I think I think most men who grew up in America, you know, most of us, many of us had families and fathers that taught you emotion was bad and, and you know, don't show weakness. I mean, it's, it's, in many ways, we were raised the exact opposite, I think, what the Bible reflects, a good, strong, godly man is. And so I think you need to start with asking a really honest question, I mean, how connected to my heart am I? And what do I need to do to let go of that and allow yourself to, to, to begin to connect to your heart in a way that maybe feels scary and unsafe? But that's where it has to start. Because I think the, um, the outpouring of connecting with people's hearts has to come from your own. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not in connected with your own heart, uh, we're really connected to our minds well typically. But we're not connected. We're not connected to our heart as much, and so we want to have a, a more balanced approach. Yeah. I think that that kind of opens um, that kind of opens the soul in a way yeah. when we connect to our heart. And so. you see that in Scripture. I mean, you see that in in godly men like David, who is a warrior king, who's also a poet, who feels deeply in his relationship with God and with others. Yeah. You see that in Jesus in the way that he will flip over tables or be tender with those who are weak and needy um, and who will be compassionate. You see that in Paul who in his letter to the Thessalonians just expresses his sincere and even like motherly affection for uh, his people, for the church. I write with tears this. I mean, he's just, yeah, Yeah. that's right. This pattern all through the New Testament. And I don't, and all those, Josh, are great examples of, all of us who would say strong men, but mm-hmm. strong men because they can feel deeply. So they love deeply, and that deep love they have is what makes them courageous and bold. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Bible communicates is really godly manhood in a way. Mm-hmm. 
And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that the culture has just impacted us as men so much. And so there really is a difference, a little difference in 2 Corinthians 12 and how you interpret it. Is Christ strong in you despite your weakness? Or is Christ strong in your weakness? And it's in your weakness, I'm convinced. Both because I think that's what, that's what it says, and it's certainly what I have experienced uh, in my own life. And so pastors can begin by embracing their weakness and that it's okay. And a lot of times, it's there's things like a perfectionistic mindset that keeps us from it. There's things like, you know, I don't, I don't want people to, I don't want to feel this or, or feel that, and so we shut it down. And so, those are some of the the first steps you can take to try to figure out maybe what's going on in your soul. But the end goal is that I embrace my weakness, and it's okay. And there's a real peace and freedom that comes in that you'll experience. As we um, anticipate working through our fears and other challenges that would come with doing this. You talk about the value that this adds to a pastor's work. How would you encourage the listeners as they as they start on this journey to embrace their weaknesses and take it to Christ and lead as a pastor out of their weaknesses? What is the value that that adds to somebody's ministry and and to the church? Well, I would say that uh, first of all, um, the way we truly live and experience life is to feel deeply throughout life. So we experience the high joys and we experience the low sadnesses. But that's life. That's experiencing life. And many of us are shut down from being able to just experience life. From the daily just laughing and crying and experiencing joy and being with people and connecting with them. So many of us just miss that. And that's what ministry is all about is connecting with people. And then, and then ministering the gospel to those people out of that connection. When that connection is not made, and, and you don't even have the ability to do that, it can become a very heady and um, superficial and just um, regimented ministry that you go through the motions and, don't, and you're not experiencing the, you don't get to experience the joy of it. Um, when you, the value of it, is um, the relationships you get to have with people on such a deeper level than you do otherwise. Um, instead of trying to fix everything when somebody sits down for counseling and you just do what Roman says and you just weep with those who weep in, in appropriate times, um, there is special things I think the Spirit does between two people in those moments. Uh, so I think there's all kinds of, of value in this. But, but ultimately, it's how we walk with Jesus. So the value of it is that we walk with Jesus in a close, personal way that, that we're meant to. And out of that, we're able to have peace in our own soul. And then we get, and we get to help people know how to experience that peace. I'm convinced that we will only be able to take people in their walk with Jesus as far as we have gone. And that's probably the most important reason why pastors need to walk with Jesus every day and deeply love and walk with him. And I think this is this is really the the template, the paradigm really to do this. Yeah. Um thank you for for sharing this with us Brian. I'll post uh Brian's article on his reflections on 20 years of ministry talk some more about this and I'll post a link to that on the website uh with this with this podcast. Brian, would you close us by just praying uh for pastors to to do this hard work and that they would find uh, power in the gospel of Christ and power for their ministry. Lord, we recognize that 
there's, there's so much hope we find in the gospel, and, and one of those things is the, the that we can be weak and embrace our weakness. And not only is that okay, but that you you make us strong in Christ when we embrace our weakness. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to walk in our weakness and own our brokenness and realize we're okay. That as scary as that may feel, that Jesus is with us and loves us the same. And that that would free us to find our identity truly in Christ alone. Not in our ministries, not in who likes us, not in who approves of us. But ultimately in Christ. Lord, begin that work in, in whoever is listening to this now. Use your spirit, Lord, to, to ring in their heart and their conscience that this is right. That this is what Jesus wants us to do to minister and shepherd his people. So, Lord, begin that work in each man, each person that would be listening to this. And we pray, Lord, that it would move to a deeper connection with others, a faithful ministering of the gospel, and ultimately your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to Trench Talk. We'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you might have for us. So to get in touch with us, you can email us at brian at practicalshepherding.com or you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter. You can find out more about Practical Shepherding at our website. At the website, you can find our blog and you can also find information about articles and books that we've published. You can also find out information about our regional workshops where we engage pastors face-to-face to equip them for the trench work of ministry. So until next time, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you as you labor in the trenches of pastoral ministry.